Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Mostly Superheroes. I'm your host, Logan. This is episode 24, another edition of Logan's Heroes, where we sit down with the people that inspire us most. This week, lawyer and YouTube sensation, Ed Herman. Let's get to it. What's up, folks? Logan here at Mostly Superheroes with another segment of Logan's Heroes. For a reminder, for you, those of you that might be watching for the very first time, Logan's Heroes is a piece where we do one-on-one -on -one interviews with some of my favorite people that inspire me to uh, do things like we're doing, creating fun stuff for folks out there. Most of the time, it's nerds just like me that have a passion project or something fun that they're working on. This week, we have a St. Louis, a fellow St. Louisan, uh, Ed Herman, hey, Head, uh, thank you very much for joining us, and I'm going to give you oh, a big round of applause on our end. Oh, oh well, thank you. That, oh, my goodness. I never get to hear applause because, you know, with my uh, my videos, you know, you, you don't get applause on the Internet. You get likes, which are nice, but it, they're not applause. Yeah, it's almost like YouTube needs to come up with a function where, like, you open up your statistics, and if there's more applause that day, you get, you know, if there's more likes that day, you get, like, a sound effect. Yeah, a little something like, you know, it can go anywhere from a polite golf clap all the way to a thunderous ovation. Well, thank you, Ed, for uh, uh, spending some time with us today. So, Ed, I, I just want to kind of start at this is called Logan's Heroes, right? So I'm going to give my perspective of who you are, what you kind of are to me, and then where I kind of rediscovered you as a YouTube person this <laughs> personality it's like this weird this weird mix of things that people i don't think genuinely would like put into you know all the same bucket of things you know what i mean yes sure i have a very large bucket logan you do you're a man of many or maybe just one bucket many things just, so just one gigantic bucket so where i know you from and really when i say you i'm it's your law firm brown and Crouppen. This is going to be one of those weird – I want to see if you agree with this. This is one of those, okay. like, St. Louis things, right? You guys are, like, a St. Louis thing. So I grew up around, I grew up in an hour south of St. Louis, a little town called Bonterre. You know Bonterre? Sure. Okay. So I, I'm from there. I've lived in the city a uh, majority of my life, bounced around a little bit, Chicago here for a minute, Nebraska, um, and then back to Soulard is what really called me back home. I miss Soulard so much. That's a, that's a neighborhood we talk about on this show. Um, love Soulard. Absolutely. The best. It's a, it's, it's a place I'm missing a lot this year. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I haven't been to Peacemaker all year. I haven't been to Bogarts, uh, which I still count as Soulard, even though it's, I guess, Lafayette. Um, and, uh, you know, I haven't been to Sydney Street Cafe in years. And and then my favorite place, uh, McGurk's. Oh, yeah. Best. Where I spent all of I spent all of law school at McGurk, McGurk's. It's the number one hangout amongst uh, the law students. 
I saw that it's won multiple awards for its patio. McGurk's patio is one of yes. one of the best. And it should it should also win multiple awards for its corned beef mm. uh, because it is the best in town, certainly. Yeah, definitely one of my favorites. I mean, Irish music seven nights a week, um, just like a legit Irish pub. Yeah, definitely missing all those places this year. But in terms of Brown and Crouppen, something that, you know, it's always been something that I've known since I was a young kid. You know, the, the law commercials with Terry, just seeing Terry yep. on TV my whole life telling me, you know, call Brown and Crouppen, you know, for your for if you're in a car accident, if you have an injury. This guy's not just on my TV. He's on every billboard in town. He's, yep. on, he's on the yep. buses. He's on the metro. I moved to the city and I realized, oh, this wasn't just a commercial that I watched as a young boy in Bon Terre. <laughs> This is right. a guy no, that lives he, in St. Louis and works in St. Louis. Yeah, he is ubiquitous. That is that is how we like it. Yeah, uh, we yeah. There's no escaping Terry Crouppen. And that's how I would. No came, matter how hard you may try. No matter how much you've been running. And uh, your partners at the firm, right? Yes. And it's a group of of lawyers that, that have been running the the firm at Brown and Crouppen for how many how many years now? The firm's been around since 1979. I've been there for 20 years. And uh, but Terry's still there. I talk to Terry every day uh, in normal times. You know, him and, and Andy Krupp and his son, the three of us have lunch just about every single day uh, and haven't gotten to do that other than a few episodes of three lawyers eating sandwiches that we were able to film under safe COVID conditions. But, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, we're, we're still for good or for bad, the sort of the brain trust over there, but uh, it's gotten pretty big, the operation. I mean, we have over 50 lawyers and over 200 staff people, so it's it's grown a lot over the last 41 years. And this is so funny. Like, if you're listening to this right now, just so you know, I don't know if I mentioned this at the beginning. We also released this as a podcast, so our podcast listeners will hear this. It's At this point, you're probably like, so you got a lawyer on here. What the hell, what the hell is this all about? Just so you get a lawyer on mostly superheroes. <laughs> well, Ed just mentioned... Uh, three lawyers. It's what's the title of the YouTube that that segment? Three, three lawyers eating sandwiches. Three lawyers. Three lawyers eating sandwiches. You know what are we talking about? Ed is. This is where I rediscovered kind of Brown and Crouppen, and really discovered Ed for the very first time was in the last couple of years. Uh, your YouTube videos. And yeah, what are we talking about? Like what? What? Let's start with uh, a couple examples of what we're talking about here. I'd like to just open up with one, if that's okay. Go ahead. And that I feel like this will give people the truest sense of what we're kind of talking about and what got me curious in the first place. Um, the what, what I like about your videos is you cover a very big genre of things that you that you talk about. This is a TV and film podcast, so I wanted to start with a movie, and with it being Christmas time, Home Alone. Uh, you've done a Ed versus Home Alone. Tell us about Ed versus real quick before we start this video. Ed versus was just sort of a platform that we thought would allow me to kind of uh, talk about almost anything that I want to. And the name, of course, you know, since it's tied into the fact that I'm a lawyer, uh, most court cases are set up as so someone versus, you know, something or the people versus OJ or, you know, it's, there's a versus in the middle. So, uh, at first, you know, we thought we would always try to tie it a little bit into the law, like we do in the home alone, or we do in the Batman uh, but mostly, I, I just started picking topics. In other words, they, they, they let the lunatic run the asylum, uh, is basically <laughs> what happened. They, they gave me freedom to talk about whatever I wanted to. So I went to the things I felt I was an expert in, which included things like cereal and included things like uh, taking a nap. And, and then ultimately, um, uh, I just sort of 
ran with it. They let me do my thing and, and the shows took off with people and uh, they've all gotten over a million views. Some of them have gotten over 3 million views and uh, they, the Ed versus series has gotten um, four Emmy awards uh, in the mid America region. So, I mean, you know, who, who would have thought any of that when we started it? Unbelievable. That, but, yeah. That we're talking, yeah. that we're talking about Emmys. Yeah. That's, it's, it's insane. So I definitely want to give people some backstory. You know, I, I know you've worked with a team of people to put these together. I want to highlight, I want to actually get into the, some of that, of how you make these videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with yeah. that folks, let's give you a little taste of what Ed's putting out in the world. Um, and like I said, he does a Ed vs. Home Alone. Let's just watch a, a minute or two of this. I'm a, we'll watch it together, Ed. Okay. After the next few minutes, you'll never be able to watch the movie Home Alone the same way again. I'm Ed Herman, and I'm a lawyer with the law firm of Brad and Crouppen. And on this episode of Ed vs., I'm going to take on Home Alone because I believe that the real villain of the film is not the Wet Bandits, but in fact, Kevin McAllister himself. Kevin! That's right, that little boy played by Macaulay Culkin, so cute, wasn't he? No. And at the end of this video, I'm gonna ask each of you to put in the comments whether you believe that he is guilty or not guilty. Let's look at the evidence. What's the first thing that Kevin does? He discovers he's alone, he looks at pornography, and he spots a gun on the wall. Look how he lights up. He takes the gun, and what does he do with it? He sets up human targets to shoot at. Not soda cans, human targets. And then, watch this, he displays expert marksmanship. If you watch the movie closely, what you're going to find out is that before the wet bandits have even taken one item from the McAllisters, Kevin proves himself to be a thief. Watch him in the scene in the convenience store when he takes a toothbrush, which he is told to pay for, and instead he runs out of the store and evades the police. Shoplifter! Credibility is the key to every trial. Does a jury believe somebody? Are they a truth teller or are they lying? Let's look at Kevin McAllister. He goes and does a grocery shopping for himself. Watch the cashier ask him a series of questions and pay attention because every single answer that Kevin gives is a lie. Where's your mom? My mom's in the car. Where's your father? He's at work. What about your brothers and your sisters? I'm an only child. We've all heard situations where serial killers claim to have heard voices. Well, remember the scene where Kevin is sitting there and his furnace seems to come to life? And at one point, Kevin looks at it and says, Shut up. I didn't hear the furnace say anything. Did you? <laughs> I have to, that's exactly where I'm going to yeah. stop it. Yeah, just let me let me give I you haven't my, seen that in a long time. I'll say that's, two, like that's that. 2018, right? Yeah, that yeah, was Christmas two years ago. Yeah. Um, this is what I gotta tell you. So I, you know, I've watched your videos. I'd seen them, and then, you know, it's one of those things where I'm gonna be totally candid with you. And this is probably exactly what people think about me. You think, oh, here's another you know white guy trying to be funny, <laughs> and like you're funny. Like I've watched this, not just funny. I found myself just kind of continuously letting the videos play through to where I wouldn't even pick the next one. I was like, well, I'll just hit the channel and I'll see whatever pops up because these actually made me laugh and they made me feel good. You know, I've been, which is really the best thing about it. I've been shocked by, you know, how how warmly they've been received and the kind of positive comments I'm getting from people just like that. And I'm getting comments 
from people of every different background, you know, every race, uh, different religions, different parts of the country. And politically, I have just as many people who are very strong on the right wing as I do who are strong on the left wing. And that that like satisfies me so much because I feel like I'm putting, especially this year, as, as troublesome as it's been, uh, I, I feel like I'm putting something out in the world that does not take away from anybody. It doesn't hurt anybody. It helps us all maybe appreciate the little things a little bit, makes people laugh, smile, whatever. Uh, then that makes me happy. The only one that was controversial, quite frankly, was the Home Alone video because really? it's got a lot of passionate fans. And you have a lot of people who are very uh, uh, pro, you know, standing your ground and, you know, my home is my castle. And I, I really, you know, they didn't quite get that this was a satirical uh, video. I had to kind of go back in and say, you, you understand this is satire. Clearly, I, you know, I'm a fan of the film. I know it real well. Uh, so there were a few people like that. But for the most part, all of the videos have been warmly embraced. Well, sure. And, well, and I'll tell you this. I, I'll, this is just my, my way of life, and I've taken this straight out of Joe Rogan's playbook of not reading the comments. I've gotten away from it because I, I want the feedback of, like, you know, what do people like? But I also have to learn that, like, there are some just – you're always going to have, you know, people in a crowd that just don't realize really my favorite thing about your videos. This is your personal take on a topic that is re relatable to a lot of people at one time. Yeah, I read every single comment and I generally <laughs> respond to all of the comments myself. Well, you know, on the plus uh, yes, side, yes, in all I... fairness, and I don't mean this to sound braggy, but like 99% of the comments are really positive, which I know how the internet is. It's usually far more motivated when somebody has something negative to say. People are not quite as generous with their praise, but people have just been wonderful to me. And then about one in every comments, you know, makes some kind of like fat remark. And, you know, you just have to, you know, take it and, and, you know, just not let it bother you. You just move on, you know, but uh, it doesn't slow me down. I, I keep doing my thing. Doesn't bother me. I know if I put out a video about snacking, I'm going to get people who comment and say, oh, you don't enough snacking. And I put out something on candy and people are going to start putting in the meme of Wilford Brimley in the word diabetes, <laughs> uh, which I got that meme sent oh to me God. like so many times then you get the people that want to point out my visual similarity to paul giamatti i get that a lot on there uh i didn't mind that as much when my beard was shorter though i had a few cruel people who who liken my appearance to harvey weinstein and that was a little bit hurtful uh because he's not an attractive man no, nothing about him being a rapist i mean that's I, I don't think people were calling me a rapist but just that i didn't want to look like him so i let the, the beard grow out a little bit more and after I did that, the Weinstein remarks um, died down. You see in that video there you've got on the screen, that then the beard was really robust. I, I let it grow out uh, really just to, just to piss the wife off, and it worked. Well, yeah, in this one, we, we actually have you as Santa Claus, and, uh, yeah, that beard is that beard is looking strong. Well, uh, here's you know a couple things That's, you said. It's you know, glorious. Wait, let me take it in for a second. I'm looking at myself on the screen there, and, that, and I've shaved it, you know, cut it down so much since then. But look at that thing. And this was that's put like out, that's like a movie. That's out of a movie. That's you, all real, folks. You look like a movie Santa Claus. This looks like we're about to watch like the Santa Claus Four. It is, and like like but like, remember in the thing, it's because it's not all gray yet. It's like right before he got to the fully mature Santa Claus. He's like he's definitely past the red Kris Kringle beard, uh -huh. but he hasn't gotten to the fully white. 
I can't believe this old bastard is, is handing out toys every year age. That This one with a little bit of dark in there, it looks like I can still get it done. Yeah, this looks like the part about, you know, everybody's familiar with Tim Allen's The Santa Claus. And this looks about the part of the movie where he starts getting the boxes of letters shipped to his house and his beard keeps growing back. You're looking about yeah. that length right there. Yeah, there you go. Or, you know, I mean, and, and I think I have a certain raggedness in my eyes that brings to mind Dan Aykroyd at the end of Trading Places when he's, you know, a drunk Santa sitting on the bus. But, you know, I, I did not drink anything prior to the shooting of that video. That's that's my pledge to you. There is a little bit of bad Santa in, in those eyes, I feel like. You know, Billy Bob There Thornton's. definitely is, yeah. Well, you know, he's he's one of those actors that I think in his heavier days could have definitely played me. Oh, yeah. Abs know? I absolutely I mean, agree. once I saw him in Sling Blade, I'm like, all right, he, he's got he's got me down. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, you know, something about your videos. I think you've said this before, and I've, I it, it was the first thing I thought of. I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. I'm a, I love Larry David. I love Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Curb Your Enthusiasm is one of my favorite shows, and I'm so happy they're yes. making episodes again um you're you have that vibe you have the kind of like the everyday monotony things we've all thought but time to talk about it uh type of comedy yeah. i always i always tell people that they say what are your influences or, or how does that kind of manifest and i always say i'm somewhere between jim gaffigan and larry david because jim gaffigan is kind of harmless he talks a lot about food and it's sort of innocent relatable observations and then Larry David brings in a social commentary because he's got a viewpoint about how he would like the world to operate. So on certain ones of my videos where I'm suggesting ways that, that we could, if we can all agree to certain things, it would be a little better. So like Ed versus airplanes is very Larry David. Ed versus elevators, which are my two personal favorites, are very Larry David. Ed versus concerts, ones where I'm a little bit more you know, come on, you know, like talking to society, if we can just get our act together, I think we can do a little bit better. And then the other ones, I think, fall a little bit more in sort of that, that, that Gaffigan, you know, innocent, a lot of food talk, the cereal, the ice cream, the snacks. So it's somewhere in between the two of them. That's great. And I think that's a great uh, inspiration. It's, it is because I feel the same way about that, that humor, too. It really is at its core. It's not just making fun of what's happening day to day. It is. It's acknowledging like we could all just be a little bit better. And I know that I've definitely felt that way about St. Louis drivers. I just feel like that's a big problem out there that I always look around. And I mean, you're a law firm, law firm in St. Louis. I feel yeah. like you have the numbers to probably show how bad it is. But as a person just driving the streets, it's something I complain about every time I get out. Even in a, in a pandemic, when I'm only getting out one, you know, one or two times a week now of like driving around the city. It's exponential. It's like extra bad out there. It, it is. In fact, there are some stats, you know, during the shutdown back in March and April, driving was down 80 percent, but accidents were only down 50 percent. So what that shows you is that the people that were out there driving, even with empty roads, uh, they just took advantage of it, drove too fast, too wild, drank, texted, you know, had a grand old time and and, and still were, were smashing up their cars. So. Yeah, we're not, you know, I think a lot of it in St. Louis has to do with the fact that, you know, it's pretty easy out here. We don't get a lot of traffic, so people are used mm -hmm. to higher speeds. We don't have particularly windy highways uh, like other places in the country, so I think people just get accustomed to that. And I think that a lot of people are just smacking into each other because 
your stopping time, no matter how good your car is and how comfortable it feels going fast, it's it's needs a certain amount of feet to stop in time and you know but that's what keeps me in business i don't want to see anybody get hurt but i didn't cause the accident but uh, if it's going to happen you know hopefully we get the call from the innocent party well you know this, we only this, represent this, the innocents you know, you're one of those businesses that like you're glad that you're around when this stuff does happen you know like i saw a commercial the other day that uh for a cremator a crematorium and they right. were, and I'm guessing like your numbers are up. And I was like, that's a sad thing to think about. But I was like, somebody's got to do it. You know, listen, you know what? I, people have always uh, talked and it's always bothered me when people say, oh, you know, personal injury lawyers, you you, you earn your living off of the misfortune of others. And I, I say no more so than an emergency room doctor. Right. Uh, things happen in life. We're there to fix it. We're not causing it. I mean, a cardiologist, nobody ever uh, says they're happy with people have heart attacks or, or high cholesterol. Uh, nobody ever looks at an oncologist and says, oh, oh, he makes his money because people have cancer. Uh, I think it's just, it's, it's a popular notion to hate lawyers and lawyers generally have a pretty good sense of humor. So we don't do a whole lot to defend ourselves. We just, we know that people don't necessarily care for lawyers until they need one. And then we're their best friend. Yeah, there's, so there's we definitely are a, beloved by our clients. That's a great that's a great point because that's such a that's such a um I'd almost say like that hopefully that stigma is going away. So that's something that you always have that stigma of law, like lawyers, you know, oh, this and that. It's like, but yeah, anytime you need one, who's the first person you call when you get in big trouble? It's you know, it's killing the messenger for the message. We're used to it. I mean, listen, you you got to have a thick skin and a sharp mind to be a lawyer. And even more so if you're going to be a litigator and even more so if you're going to do injury work. Uh, but it is the most satisfying work because uh, we know how it's depicted in the media and the fun that they like to poke at us. But in the real world, we know that we take people in their worst situations and we help them put their life back together and we hold companies accountable and we make products safer. And a lot of people like to joke and say, oh, some lawyer ruined this. And that's why there's a warning on this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. There's a warning on that because a bunch of people got hurt because of that product. And now at least the product still exists. You can still have your phone with it, but at least people have fair warning that, you know, it may not be suitable for, for all ages. So, you know, we, you know, not to be too serious. I know this is a fun podcast, no. but we take what we do seriously. And you know what? You, you, you got to be able to take a joke. And, and I think as a profession, um, we, we, we take them and we, we kind of, we wear it like a badge of honor. We don't mind. That's fantastic. No, I, I think it's awesome. And it also, and honestly, uh, your videos just to get on, on that track too, to talk about, you know, this is where we talk about the people behind, you know, B and C is this started for me with Brown and Groupin, but now it's like led to a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Ed because, you know, I saw, I talked to you last, you know, we got this on the calendar because, I just saw a lot of things we had in common, common personally. And so talking about your videos, I have two more I'm going to feature. And with it being, okay. with it being Christmas time, um, we do have a big special this week. I told you about it. It's the Batman Returns Christmas special. Are you a Batman and Batman Returns film? Of course, the Michael Keaton Batman is who we're talking about here. Yes, yes. Yeah, I am a fan. Well, I'll tell you a funny story after you show this about uh, Batman Returns that involved my son when he was a, a small kid. It was very funny. I want to hear it because uh, what we're going to do is we're going to show the Christmas uh, Ed's favorite things right now. We're going to help you uh, pick out a few things that you might be looking for some last minute gift ideas. I've already watched this personally myself a couple times. 
and we'll highlight the first couple. And then the last video we're going to highlight in today's interview, get excited, Batman fans. It's Ed versus the Dark Knight. So we'll talk about that one here in just shortly. For now, let's look at Ed's favorite things. And for you watching on YouTube, it's a very special treat. It's Santa Claus. You think your man is hard to shop for? We are a piece of cake. Watch this. Little known fact about Ed Herman. When I was 19, 20 years old, I spent two years working as a mall Santa. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, I can't buy my husband a gift. I can't buy my boyfriend a gift. I don't know what to get for my father. Listen, we're men and we're easy. And in the next few minutes, I'm gonna show you the best products that I have found that every guy is gonna love. And everything I'm gonna show to you can be purchased for under $100 and most of it for less than $50. Boom. Now, for most of you who know me, know that Weekend Ed likes to wear tracksuits. This actually came recommended to me by one of you. They make old school 1975 vintage style velour tracksuits, but this color is just pure baller. I had a couch this color. I and what are those called again? Sweatsitos? Sweatsito.com is the company. And I, they actually shared this video on their social media twice. So I, I think it might be helping them move some product. I had to pause because, again, this is a podcast too. Listeners, uh, this is another plug on our YouTube channel. Get over to some nice visuals. Um, we can see Ed in this sweatsito. Yes, and that color is officially called burnt orange. And that's the color of a couch you had, and there's a picture of your couch. What year is that? What year is that, that picture? That, that's the, that's the, that, that would be about 1976. Uh, those were my dogs, Brandy and Muffin, and that was my burnt orange couch that sat in my living room my whole life until I moved to St. Louis. I feel like that color should just be called 1976. It really should be. You know, I mean, it was, you didn't know it at the time, but it was such a glorious time. It was on cars. It was on, uh, it was on the General Lee. It was. And we had, we had colors back then. I don't know what happened to those colors. Half the things we had were mustard. Let's keep it going. You know, I don't care if you're sitting around on a poker night or you're just watching Sunday football. Every guy looks good in one of these. Very sexy. That's velour, baby. That's American hustle. It's beautiful. I know what you're thinking. You're looking at me saying, yeah, that covers the outfit. But tell me about these shoes. These are all birds. Wool runners. This is the most comfortable, sturdy, the best shoe you will ever put on your foot. I have been wearing my Allbirds for over. Yeah, I had to. I'm going to jump in. You're, are you wearing them right now? I am. I just took it off and it's. I'm showing it on my video. So this is this is where like I always you, you I, my first brain goes if I'm listening to this like commercialism. It's like you actually backed this product. I back all of these products. These, are these ones people you, did you not use. I, I use every single one of these. Otherwise, I wouldn't have shared it because I could have picked whatever I wanted. Nobody was paying me anything for it. Yeah. I really just had a sincere desire uh, because people always say they never know what to get me as a present. And I'm like, me? You, do you pay attention to me at all? I wear hats. I wear sunglasses. And I wear tracksuits. How hard could it be? No, it's super inspiring to me just as a podcaster. The one thing I'm being very mindful of are the types of advertisers and sponsorships that I bring into my show. Um, I'm I'm trying to be more personal. And I, I the, what I've come to the conclusion is I already subscribe to so many types of products and brands that I use in my everyday life. So that's where I'm starting. And it seems like this is something similar. Like you're wearing the suit. You've always worn the Exactly. Suits. And now these Allbirds, I've heard of these. So they're super comfortable. They're phenomenal. And, and they're under $100 for a pair. They last a really long time. And I'm telling you, I, I've not worn a pair of socks in two years. 
And people say, oh, don't your feet smell? They don't because these are made of, of merino wool. And if anybody knows anything about merino wool, it, it's almost like having charcoal in there. It, it, there's no smell. Uh, there's a company that I did not include that I probably should have called Unbound Merino, which makes t-shirts. And not to say you'd wear the same t-shirt a bunch of days in a row, but if you were to, you would not smell. It does not retain smell. It's unbelievable. No way. So yeah, t- t- look it up. Unbound Merino. Get yourself a couple of black t-shirts. They're not cheap, but they, they hold up really well. And, and they, do, they will not keep a smell. I, I got to give credit to Andy Crouppen, who forced me to, to smell his pits. Oh, my God. I had no idea why. The only why. test is to smell someone. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that, you know, when your partner says smell my pits, you know, we're like, you know, <laughs> we're like kids. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're, you know, so I'm like, all right, you know, who am I to say no? I smell his pits. I'm like, yeah, they smell fine. He says, how many days in a row do you think I've worn this shirt? I said, I have no idea. He says, this is day four. Day four, same shirt, and I don't wear deodorant. And I said, well, that's that's amazing. What you're telling and me then right I went now out is, is it's changing the game. You're talking about laundry that's – like they finally invented laundry that can't stink? Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe after two weeks. Who knows? All I know is he <laughs> took it to the four-day mark, made me smell his pits. I had no idea why. And I have to be honest. They, they, they smelt the – like, uh, you know, a summer morning. They oh didn't smell gosh. bad. That's great. Well, let's look at one more. I'm going to pull up my favorite uh, item that you had in your video today. I, I mentioned this to you before. Let's watch this one real quick, then uh, jump into some questions before we look at the next one. They give the typical phone two full charges. Got a little before Attention there. I do like that charger, though. side sleepers. The pillow cube. It gives you just enough spring back so that if your head is on it, it keeps your head at a perfect side angle. I started off thinking it was just going to be for travel. It wasn't just for travel. Then I thought maybe I can use it for naps. And now it's my EDP, my everyday pillow. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, uh, those are spectacular pajamas. Uh, I would love to see my man look adorable like that. Well, he can, and he should. It doesn't matter if you're the big spoon or the little spoon. Everyone's going to want to cuddle with you when you're wearing this. You know what this is? This is like when when a guy buys a woman lingerie and you say, well, that's really more a present for him than it is for her. This is the same thing in reverse. <laughs> All right. What are, what are those pajamas called? Yeah, those are, uh, you know, they're at peterchristianoutfitters.com. I call them Ebenezer Scrooge pajamas. Yes. And, you know, they come with the matching sleeping cap, the stocking cap, uh, which is really what, what makes it so adorable. They're very, I mean, they're soft and comfortable as can be. I kind of, when I saw it come up in my feed, I thought, you know, I'm just the kind of guy that, that would pull that off. So what I did was I, I ordered them. And uh, my daughter, who's only 12, or she's 11, she'll be 12 in April. She was having a sleepover. And I said to her as a joke, like a day before, I, I, I wore these pajamas with the sleeping cap. I went up to Caroline. I said, Caroline, do you mind tomorrow night when your friends are over, if I come into the room like this? And like tell everybody to quiet down that Big Daddy needs to rest. And she was not embarrassed at all. And she insisted that I do it. That's her sense of humor. She said, Oh my God, Dad, you have to do that. That will be legendary. And so sure enough, the next night, uh, she t- she texts me. She says, Come up with the pajamas. I toddle in there and I'm like, girls, girls, you're gonna have to keep it there. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. that's great. It's this is this is a hard stop. 
Big Daddy's got to got to get his beauty rest. And they were just rolling, you thinking look, it was so funny. But they they're adorable pajamas. You look like you should be on the box for these pajamas. Like you should be on. Like you're the mascot. I feel like you know what <laughs> they're currently using a much more handsome man in oh. their ad. Uh, but Sub- honestly, that's an objective statement uh, subjective you know <laughs> well it is and I, but i will say that i think i sell the product a little bit better because with him you know that guy's going to be handsome whether he's in those pajamas or not whereas for me my level of adorableness shot through the roof with the addition of the pajamas i'm the guy they want to go after i'm the market <laughs> well before the actual i had to highlight the pajamas because you can't see it and not talk about it but the pillow so I just I just recently my listeners know this I just I threw my back out like two weeks ago, and it's the second time it's ever happened. It's something that's like new to me, and well, was, yeah, was, you're getting was, older. Oh, welcome. It was, oh, it was terrible, and I I did a I did a whole episode from a zero gravity chair so that I can still record. Um, I'm a side sleeper, so that's been tough. As I, you know, you're always trying to f- figure out the right pillow balance like two pillows here one between the legs okay oh i feel like i need to hold on to one sometimes you feel like mm-hmm. i'm like i've lately thought like a body pillow might be like the way to go yeah then i have a fiance i'm like well just turn over you know the pill this is a pillow cube so what's the deal with the pillow cube the the pillow cube is made for a side sleeper and, and you know it's i get the seven inch version because they have a smaller one or a larger one the seven inch i think for a guy makes sense. And just what happens is it has just the right amount of firmness so that your neck is never, you know, in a permanent side, you know, quick position and it keeps your back straight. I, I, you know, I, I have it right, right next door. I've got, I got two of them. I have one that I travel with and one that I, I use on a nightly basis. I've tried every pillow. I'm one of those guys that like, I'm such an easy mark to want to at least try something. And I thought, you know, I could do videos all day long about just telling people, these are the products that that actually do what you think they're what they say they're going to do. These products are crap. I've tried everything from uh, the My Pillow, uh, which is very inexpensive, all the way up to some fancy pillow. I so that if your head is on, sorry about that, Go that on. was like a four hundred dollar pillow, and it's like concrete. Um, and I actually like that pillow too. But and I've tried everything in between, everything you can get at a Brookstone, everything you can get at Bed Bath and Beyond. I saw this thing come up on my feed and I said, well, that seems, that's just, that's just speaking right to me. And, uh, I, I started using, I've turned a lot of people onto pillow cube. Yeah. I think I'm just gonna have to like, it's about, I'll tell my fiance, I need it for Christmas, but I just got to buy, you one. know, what? it's, it's not that expensive and you know what, you can crush it down to get into a suitcase. Cause I got the same size for travel. I just, you know, I didn't want it, you know, one that had been in hotel rooms to also be on my bed at home. It's weird germ thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, you can you could mush that down and zip it into a, a pretty small space. Well, like even nice nice pillows, you know the nice ones. You always see it like Bed Bath and Beyond. Like they're still they're expensive. You know, one hundred and twenty bucks. So I feel like this is hey, less than a hundred dollars, right? You know, you talk to any pillow guy, the first thing they're gonna say it's a bed for your head. <laughs> you know, show me something else you're gonna lean against eight hours a day, and I'll tell you where you should spend your money. That's awesome. Well, before we I get- can move pillows. Before. If I if I if the law doesn't work out, I'm telling you, I can move pillows. Yeah, if if, if Brown and Crouppen goes under, you've got a job at Pillow Cube, I'm sure. That's it. Um, you know, before we get I'll into the it. last, uh, we call it the meat around here. The last, the big chunk of our episode, I really do want to talk about this Dark Knight video, and I want to go through. It's it's a nice list of what you've quantified, really, as how Batman is breaking 
so many laws throughout the Dark Knight, Ri- Dark Knight Rises movie, and I definitely want to talk through them with you. But before we get there, I did want to ask you. So, Ed, you're 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 a very successful lawyer. You've made it big uh, in terms of that. Your career is 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 there. It seems like the YouTube side of things is fairly new in your life within the last recent, you know, how many years I had asked. And then my question is, where are you going from here? You know, what 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 do you like about this? What's been the most fulfilling part of the work? And maybe like, you know, do you have a next pro- uh, big project that you wanted to highlight and that you could tell us about? Well, I, I will say that, you know, it really has allowed me to tap into my creative side. You know, I was always a guy growing up that people always thought had a good sense of humor and always had a viewpoint, uh, but I, I never found a great vehicle for getting it out there. And and this really opened up and, and became that thing. I had written a couple of books, not the kind that you can buy in the store, just the kind that if you come over to my house, I can show it to you because I printed it off of the computer. And, and there were good things in there uh, where, you know, a lot of observational stories and, co- you know, commentary, but I didn't get to perform it, you know, do the performance side of it. And these videos kind of let me do both. So I don't know what's going to be next as far as the big picture goes. I'm still waiting to get discovered so I can put the whole practice of law behind me and do something much more fun. But, I, you know, that's that's a, that's a needle in a haystack. Um, but who knows? You know, every people say get an agent. I say I, I wouldn't even know where to find an agent. I, I don't know how any of that works. But anyway. Who, who, who knows? The next project I'm working on, I'm very excited about it. It's going to be an Ed versus Bathrooms. And what's going to be special about this one, I feel like it could be my magnum opus because I'm really going to, it's not, I'm not going to play it for cheap laughs at all. It's a, it's a, it's a very serious look, although it's, it's funny, but it's, it is a hard look at all of the things uh, that are, I think are commonly held experiences for people uh, who, um, who have to use a, a public bathroom or a bathroom at a friend's house. It, it, is, a, it is almost like a psychological uh, exploration of, of the notions of shame and things that, you know, the taboos that we're not allowed to talk about. But my plan is to keep it very clean and very elevated and not just play it for, for cheap laughs. So I'm very excited about this one. It w- we would have had it done already, but for COVID, it's going to require a few different locations. I need to demonstrate a variety of locks, which locks are acceptable, which locks cause anxiety, which locks fail too often, and which are the locks you really want to see. And that's just one little piece of it. But I have a feeling that's going to be, you know, that, that's, that's going to be my, my, my tour de force. That everything I'm doing is going into that. We also have four new episodes of Three Lawyers Eating Sandwiches that are going to be coming out throughout the winter, including one starting on Thursday that we did um, uh, on the, uh, you know, O'Connell's, O'Connell's Pub mm-hmm. right there next to the hill. Um, and uh, we were featuring their burgers and their roast beef sandwich and their, their Coney Island. And uh, we did it very safely. It's our first COVID filmed episode. So people will, it'll feel very, uh, very much uh, in, the, in the time and the zeitgeist of what's going on, I guess, you know, right now. And uh, since my two partners are fleeing to Florida for the summer and working remotely from there, we've already shot episodes at Nomad, which had unbelievable food. If, if they're relatively new, they open in February. If you have not had nomad you are missing out on one of the great joys that has come to st louis 
We also have Max Local Eats coming out, which I've wanted to do Max since the day we started the show. And the only reason we didn't lead with Max is we thought, well, it's hamburgers. I think we need to establish some sandwich places first before we branch out into hamburgers, as if the public is even paying attention to that. But in our mind, we had to establish the concept within sandwiches. But Max Local Eats, just the most unbelievable burgers. And then we discovered well, gonna, a brand I'll, new place. I'll pause you there because I'm yeah. a Max Local Eats loyalist. I, um, I love their burgers. In my mind, I didn't even know what my favorite hamburger was until I had Max Local Eats. And what, do you have a burger of choice when you go there? Yes, I get the uh, – I always me- I always butcher the name because it's in Spanish, but I think it's the Di- Diablo. Mm, I get – I like the Lumberjack. Yes. Uh, I think that's pretty genius. The Louis and then there's is a crowd favorite. The Louis is a crowd favorite. Yeah, and there's one that, that's a play on the word Max. I don't remember what they call it, but that one I got introduced to when we filmed the episode. Because I'm one of those guys that once I find something I love at a place, I tend to get it whenever I go there because the whole reason I'm going there is probably because I was craving that thing. So I'll always go for the lumberjack. But of course, in these episodes, we try four or five different things. So I tried this other one, Southside Mac, I Mm. think it's called. Mm. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, no, I think the lumberjack might have just gotten replaced. Now I've got to alternate. They're both so good. And then there's a new place that we discovered called The Dam which is near Tower Grove Park on, um, oh, you know, what's the name of that street? It's, it goes all the way from Tower Grove Park all the way to the Bebo Mill. Arsenal? Gravoy? No, no, no. It's, 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 it's the St. other street St. there. Louis, St. Louis listeners, you're getting your money's worth today. We're giving you a whole list of places. Oh, yeah. The dam, let me tell you, we had some amazing food there. And their they're, they're Belgian French fries with their variety of dipping sauces – that was heaven. That was heaven. So those episodes will be coming out um, over the course of the winter. And that's something that I really enjoyed too, is I, I like making these, but honestly, my, my favorite part of the process is the editing. Uh, I edit them along with somebody at Cool Fire who, who knows how to technically work the machines, but we sit there and collaborate. And, and we, we, to me, that's the fun of it. That's when you, you we, we know what all of our, um, all of our supplies are there. We know what the footage we have. We know what's at our disposal. And then that's where we have to craft it into something that's sharp and well-paced and, you know, and just goes through. I mean, if you'd have seen all the footage from this favorite things episode, there's over an hour of footage. Right. And there was a lot of great stuff in there. And, and, you know, we decided we intentionally left the video just over 10 minutes because we wanted to do an experiment with video length and we wanted something just over 10 minutes. So there's all sorts of little business decisions that play into that, but man, you know, carving down what, you know, 60 minutes of pretty good material um, down to 10. It's, it's, it's a big task, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I would say that's a good place to wrap up before we start this next video as you know, you do, I definitely want to highlight the folks over at cool fire, but if you're just talking about your experience, you know, people that watch these videos, they're, highly produced they're a very yeah. they're, they're shot and then produced in 4k it looks like they're they're unbelievable yeah um just why don't you go ahead and tell us about your you know what's it been like making these videos and you know feel free to highlight anybody that you want to highlight here let me tell you well i will say cool fire is is just the best studio to work with we're very lucky to have them in st louis every position that they have there is somebody who really is a, a master craftsman at their role 
Jeremy Corey as who I, you know, collaborate with and he directs me on these and, uh, you know, he'll let me know if my energy is good. He'll let me know. He'll say, oh, you know, try it again. That wasn't crisp, but, you know, but uh, he's good to have in the room. And then the editors that I work with, uh, Roxanne, and in the past I've worked with Wes. Wes actually came out of retirement to edit the Favorite Things episode because we were on a tight timetable. Um, all those people, the people that work on the graphics, the people that do the audio, every one of them adds an element. And I'll give you the best example real quick because I know you want to show this video, but on Ed versus Airplanes, that was the first Emmy I ever won. And that one was for Best Lifestyle Program. And I promise you that it's not, it's not just the content of what I'm saying and my performance. It was the cool fire people, because when I had envisioned it, I thought I was going to say, okay, I'm going to sit in a chair. I'm going to put two blank chairs next to me, and I'm just going to ask the audience to imagine we're in an airplane, and I'm going to do my thing. And they're the ones that said, you know what, we can actually, we can get some airplane seats off of eBay. We can build a little something to actually make it look like you're in an airplane. We could bring in some extras and we could really make this thing look real. And I'm like, really? And they're like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, we can do all that. And by the time it was done, it looks so well produced. If they hadn't done that, there's no way that it wins the Emmy. Right. Just, you know, not on the, I mean, it's great, but not on the performance. And content. It's one you of need my, the whole production value. It's one of my favorite ones as well of yours, because again, it's that like, you know, that, that everyday humor and airplanes. Yeah. You, you gave a whole, you gave spins on it that I feel like had not been acknowledged in the past. And I really, truly believed that it was within an airplane for at least the first couple of minutes. And then only because I know Jeremy, I'm like, Oh, they probably got to put this together. How amazing. Yeah. We got, we got airplane seats off of eBay for 700 bucks. And we're like, you know what? That's a, that's a lot for one piece, but it's going to make this whole video and everything else will just make sense once we have it. And on that, and that also is something that I'm very careful about on my editing. I do not like to, I like to respect professional comedians and the materials that they've come up with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not familiar with every routine out there, but like, if I feel like certain observations have already been made, made well, made commonly, uh, I cut them out. So like in the airplanes, you know, Jerry Seinfeld did a, a very famous routine about airplanes and the shaving in the bathrooms and how the little, everything is little. And so I didn't do any of that. Ellen DeGeneres has done some great stuff on airplanes. I tried to avoid anything that, that was like that. And same with the elevators video. I made no reference to oh, people keep pressing the button, even though it's already lit, because comedically that territory has been covered so heavily. I really wanted to hit things that I knew I had not heard anywhere else. Well, and so, I think that's what kept me coming back, you know, in the early days of like, whenever I was like, who is Ed Herman? And I watched these videos, I thought, okay, an airplane one. I, I thought, you know, you could be on there saying like, hey, where's the black box? As if that hasn't been said for 100 years. Right, right, right. Why no, is the whole plane made out of it? Exactly. You know? No, it was original. And I kept finding myself saying like, oh, that is a new, I, I haven't thought of it that way. So uh, yeah, hilarious. And if you haven't already, Go, you know, we've talked a lot about Ed being on YouTube. Why don't you tell them specifically where they can find you? It's something that I've always wanted to make sure it was crystal clear. Yeah, this actually, the best way to do it is to go to a special website we have set up, which is as easy to use as Netflix. You do getbctv.com, G-E-T-B-C-T-V.com. And it takes you not to our firm's webpage, but it takes you to a page that we ask the designers, make it look like Netflix make it really easy to find any of the shows. And if they want to binge watch, it'll just play through their playlist. And so that's how it's set up. 
and they can watch the three lawyers eating sandwiches, which originally the original name of that show was going to be three fat lawyers eating sandwiches. And, and they discouraged us from calling ourselves fat. And I said, if we call ourselves fat, it will dramatically cut down on the number of people who feel the need to call us fat <laughs> in the comments. But they said, no, you know, nowadays we want to be more sensitive. Just call it three lawyers eating sandwiches. So we did. And now every episode, it's look at these fat guys. So, you know, they just sometimes they listen to me. Sometimes they don't listen to me. Uh, either way, those are, and that, that that series was kind of inspired by comedians and cars getting coffee. Right. That's sort of like our our spin on that. And we really wanted to co-brand and and connect ourselves with businesses in both St. Louis and Kansas City that we thought, you know, we love those places. They can use the free advertising. Um, and we really do believe in, in, in the foods there. So why not? And those places have just been enormously appreciative. Well, and just to highlight, uh, GetBCTV.com. Did I get that right? GetBCTV.com? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. You guys, I know that you guys have not just you know great content around food and 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 your take on you know everyday stuff you also have like content for kids right doesn't you have like a cartoon we do that that was that won an emmy in in 2019 uh for as a public service announcement it's uh it's terry's safety squad and it is (laughs) it is a well animated i mean it looks like (laughs) it, it looks like saturday morning cartoons it was done so professionally there was even a musical episode and in the musical episode, that is Terry Crouppen doing his own singing. Uh, I was with him at the recording studio as he as he did it. I can't say he got through the entire song in one take smoothly, but that there's no enhancements done there. That is his actual singing voice. And in that, I get to play the bad guy, the bad idea bandit, who always comes into these episodes to try to convince kids to do things they're not supposed to do. And then Terry's safety squad comes in and prevents it from happening and and teaches a valuable lesson, but uh, that was a blast. You want to talk about a dream come true? Getting a chance to to do a voice of an animated character. Uh, I mean, that was you know that was a dream for me. I don't use my regular voice. I put on a voice that I think goes with that character. So yeah, I hear uh, you. That's yeah, a, yeah, that's, that's are... a that's a dream of mine to do within the next you know maybe five years. I'd love to be able to at least get on at one animated show at some point. I love talking too much, not to put me in a cartoon. Um, you know, it, it, it is a lot of fun being in, in that recording studio with the script that just has your lines highlighted and nobody else around. And you just go through and and uh, they're guiding you as to what the vibe is in the scene. Mm-hmm. And I, on every line, I'll give them three or four different versions of it uh, and then let them decide sort of what makes the most sense. So it flows naturally with all the other stuff. But that's that's a blast, and it's it's a lot less work, I'll tell you, than, well, than going in and recording one of these. We have a lot of parents that listen to the show because we talk about a lot of different types of TV shows. We cover a lot of the superhero shows on the CW, so just some parents are like, I don't want to watch that. But we've had dads write us and say, I can talk to my kids about this show. What could uh, uh, parents out there get out of, out of your animated series? The, the animated series is very much made for kids. I don't want people to think like it's a sophisticated animated series like The Simpsons that works for adults and kids. The animated series is for kids. Uh, there's an episode about how to deal with um, dogs that you're not familiar with. Uh, there's an episode about not getting lost when you're in stores or what to do if you are lost in the mall. Uh, there's an episode about safe, uh, you know, riding your bicycle and skateboards near traffic, uh, things to do. We make them entertaining. 
we make them uh, funny for kids. It's the kind of humor that kids uh, will get a kick out of, you know, watching Terry Crouppen, who's not the most fit man, uh, the animated version of him, you know, squeezing into his superhero costume and struggling with it. You know, kids find that hysterical. Uh, and then, of course, like I say, the, the musical episode was all about stranger danger. So those they can get them. They're all at getpctv.com. There's four episodes and you will think you're watching Saturday morning cartoons. Our inspiration was like Schoolhouse Rock. They don't all have music in them, but I grew up with Schoolhouse Rock and we're like, you know what? These would come on during a commercial break on ABC. They would teach us something, you know, for three or four minutes. And it's it stuck with us. I mean, I still know all of those old Schoolhouse Rock things. So we said, well, you know, maybe we can get these kids hooked early on knowing who we are and maybe having a positive opinion of us. We do not talk about the law or hawk our services in the animated videos or really any of the videos. We, we figure we have plenty of commercials that do that. We really try to make the videos about entertainment, keep people's attention. Well, and I, I believe that 100%. I mean, the truth is I only have uh, folks on this show that give me those good personal vibes. You guys are just trying to be out here helping people. That's always been crystal clear to me. Um, and, you know, again, just uh, love talk t talking to you today, Ed, about your videos. And with that, I think we should focus on the last one. This is a perfect timing with Christmas and our, our Batman special coming up this week. Um, with that, let's we're going to actually have a special treat for you today. We're going to feature one of our segments in Logan's Heroes for the first time. We've never done this before, but let's go ahead and do it. The Meat. So the meat, Ed, again, this is like the chunk, you know, the sizzle. This is the part of the show that, you know, you're really looking forward to and you just want to really get into the, the meat of what we're talking about. I really want to spend some time on your Dark Knight, Ed versus the Dark Knight video. Do you want to give a, give a little setup here and we'll, we'll, let, well, we'll, we'll start. Let me up. start by saying, you know, I'm a huge Batman fan. Uh, I grew up watching reruns of the Adam West series and with no exaggeration to my mind, Adam West is still the best Batman. Um, I, I love that show in that I loved it as a child because I took it seriously. I loved it as an adult because I recognized how funny it was. And I thought, well, that's just brilliant. Uh, the Tim Burton films I enjoyed very much. But uh, when the uh, Christian Bale films came out, I really felt like they had nailed it. And particularly The Dark Knight, because I thought that I think The Dark Knight is the the best of any superhero movie that's ever been made. Uh, it, it captures you right from the opening sequence with the bank heist. He is the most interesting take on the villain uh, that we've seen. Great performances from everybody. Moral dilemmas, you know, debates about what the right thing to do is, whether it's about the two, the two fairies or whether it's about even when it's appropriate to use certain technologies that make us safer but take away our freedoms because that's been such a big theme ever since 9-11. So I just felt like the Dark Knight was the best. That said, he is the Dark Knight mm -hmm. and he is a vigilante and as such does break a lot of laws. And I thought it would be fun to do a video. It's actually Jeremy's idea. Uh, fun to, to, you know, how would a lawyer look at it and judge the crimes of the Joker uh, versus, you know, the crimes of, of, of Batman. And so that's why we did the video. Well, fantastic. We are, I'm very excited to start it for you guys. I think this one's only about six minutes, but we're going to play this one through if that's all right. And I might pause and jump in along the way. Yeah. 
I think that sounds fun. This uh, we do. And in hindsight, we should have cut it down to five minutes. I do think the video is about a minute long. Just but, a minute too. You long. know, the, it was our first video. We were just learning. Um. All right. Well, with that, uh, let's just go ahead and dive in to Ed vs. the Dark Knight. How many laws does Batman break in the Dark Knight? Let's take a look. I'm Ed Herman. I'm a lawyer with the law firm Brown and Crouppen. And on this episode of Ed vs. the Movies, let's take a look at the legalities of the Dark Knight. Right out of the gate, the Batmobile. Folks, it's not street legal. I'm not even allowed to tint my windows past a certain point, and I'm a man who enjoys his privacy. Well, that's not street legal. Now, I have to, I have to jump in right away. And now I know it's all about Batman breaking the rules, right? This is him breaking the laws. But we got to give credit where he's due. He is a vigilante. He is a vigilante. He is doing what is expected of him as a vigilante. A vigilante who doesn't take the law into his own hands, by definition, is not a vigilante. True. Uh, let's watch more of this damage from a Batmobile, because this next part is awesome. That, that's not safe. Watch the movie closely. How much property damage is caused by the Joker? How much of it is actually caused by Batman? Batman, he destroys Scarecrow's vehicle for really no great reason, to be honest with you. We don't even see Scarecrow commit a crime. I mean, is that true? That's true. You know, when, when it opens, we assume that he was doing something involving drugs. We never actually see it. He's already, you know, sort of in the parking lot, you know, or, you know, hunting them down. But let me tell you something. You, 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 you can't jump on somebody's vehicle like that. That's, uh, that's excessive force. He could have crushed their heads in. For what, a little weed? Yeah, I guess, like, you know, we're, we're, we're big nerds on the show. Batman's one of our favorite characters. And I'll just say this, um, PC Mike and the Giggler, those are two of our recurring uh, 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 personalities on the show. They're going to be very jealous. They're not part of this combo today. Um, I've, I guess so he's watching, he sees the Scarecrow from the first movie. So he's just like, oh, there's Scarecrow again. I'm just going to jump down and crush his van in from the top. Yeah, I mean, we, we, there may have been more to it, but they certainly don't tell us about it. I mean, he doesn't. Probably he just shows up in a garage. Batman basically takes down every street pole in the place. There was an entire building that was under construction at the end of the movie that he has now blown out. Let's talk about who's going to pay for this property damage. Now, I know Bruce Wayne is a billionaire. Even if Bruce Wayne wanted to underwrite all of this, he can't because he would out himself as Batman. And that's just the property damage in the United States. That doesn't account with all the damage he does in China. I don't know if you've ever had to fix even one window. One window is like, I can't believe that it's just glass. This was all of the windows. And what does it get them? Think about it. So I'll pause there. Talking about, yeah. there's a couple of the best scenes in the whole movie, right? The one where he wraps the, the rope with his motorcycle, flips the semi. You never really thought about yes. it. I mean, just the amount of damage. And then the building he does, you know, blow up. Who is paying for that? What's going to happen in right. a real I world? I mean, and you know, happens? some poor some poor sucker out there has to clean that up. You know, think about that guy. You know, you got a street cleaner, he's out there with like a broom and one of those things cleaning up like glass like nobody's ever seen in their life. And you know, all of these poles, you know, those poles aren't going to lift themselves. I mean, you you're, you're talking about an, a, a tremendous tremendous amount of damage. And then you'll see as as you go on that this whole mission to China um, yields them nothing. 
at the end of the day. Well, they don't I, get well, one conviction. No, he was at going it. there to get what's his name, who had all the info on all the crime bosses that Harvey right. was trying to convict, but they couldn't mm-hmm. extradite him because he was in China. So yes. Batman went and got him and brought him back and delivered him to the Commissioner Gordon. And then what happened? And then they then, then he gives them they all arrested the, they make the deal they arrested all the criminals they arrested all the criminals the, the Joker winds up killing the judge and the DA drops everything and they never prosecute any of the crimes because they're afraid to yeah. so there's not actually one conviction that comes out of that whole turning over evidence that the guy has and he, and and to get that guy he had a plane drop him off and then he parachutes out of it by the plane pick him up picking him up. And destroying that whole like floor of that office where he busts in China. Exactly. And let me tell you something. People worked hard to build that. I mean, you know, nobody wants to see their work wrecked. What do you think makes you shake your head? What do you think happens in real world if like a guy from presumably America is dressed up as a bat? He's a superhero. But then he came over to China, took this guy out. What happens in the real world? I think they kill him. I think they kill him in a variety of different ways. Uh, because, you know, he's violating the airspace. You know, these people have, if he thinks he has more advanced technology than China, uh, you know, he's nuts. This is China. All right, let's keep it going. Lau goes back to the United States. He leaves him on the doorstep of the police station. Here we go. Lau says, well, I'm not going to tell you where the money is, but I'll, I'll flip on all of these mobsters that I've been protecting. So the mobsters temporarily get arrested. Do they ever get prosecuted? No, nobody has the guts to prosecute these people. What's it all for, Batman? Was it worth it? Was it worth it? And I love the film. I don't get this wrong. Let, let's talk for a second about immunity. But there's no such thing as superhero immunity. You know, Batman, God love him, he never got any police training, okay? If you recall from Batman Begins, his training basically came from like a ninja guy. No. All right, I'm going to jump in because this is huge Batman yeah. lore, so I have to, my, my nerd fans will be going, did he just call yes. all of them ninja guys? This is Ra's al Ghul in the League of Shadows. So some pretty official training. Yes, but ninja training, in all fairness. In all fairness. Uh, I, I don't remember them. It is, it is ninja training. It is ninja training. I'm just saying that ninja training is not police training. <laughs> he didn't get, like, the same sensitivity training that hopefully most police no, officers are going through. No, he didn't, like, States. get all the rules about when to draw your weapon and when not, when to pursue and when not to pursue i mean there's a lot of rules about becoming a police officer and and uh it's very different than the ninja well and this is why christian bale's batman was so good just to really nerd out with you for a minute batman begins what happens is raz al ghul the ninja leader he tells batman he's like all right one last test kill this guy and that's when everything goes haywire and batman begins so he does make the right call oh uh, yeah well listen there's no question that he he has moral lines that's what separates him ultimately from the Joker yep. uh, is that one of them was willing to do anything and one of them had a, a boundary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's sort of what the Joker says to him, says, listen, you'll never beat me because you think there are rules and you're going to be bound by them and you're never going to beat a person who doesn't feel bound by the rules. So uh, that sort of sets that up. The, the, the question is, is that Batman's boundary, though, seems to be well beyond massive property damage uh but somewhere ahead of you know knowingly killing an innocent person it's somewhere in the middle it's in the gray do you think like he's like surely maybe this is bruce wayne in the background maybe he you know sends a little money here sends a little money here he's like oh i messed up that semi yesterday i better send a check anonymously you know what he he couldn't possibly afford to do that the amount of damage done they blew up a hospital 
Have you ever seen? Yeah. Now he didn't blow up the hospital in all fairness, you know, so I, I don't know that I can put that on him, <laughs> but you know, when they build a hospital, I mean, those things cost billions. Yeah. I mean, how, I, how many, bill? I don't know. I don't know from the comics. Do they ever say how many billions Bruce Wayne is worth? They, you know, I think they, it's, it's pretty vague and it's vague in everything. You know, you, you have to like um, determine from his amount of what, you know, what does he do? Like in dark Knight rises, he's literally like showing up and going from, with a helicopter everywhere he goes with like two girls on his arm. So I'm like, okay, I guess he's like 20 billion. Yeah. I don't know. You can have a helicopter if you've got two, 3 billion, but wow. you cannot repair. Yeah. Two, 3 billion. I mean, look, I don't want to get political. Donald Trump has a helicopter. He's only worth two, $3 billion. There you go. Um, you can have, you can have it. Of course he probably still owes money on it. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I don't know if Bruce Wayne has got, you know, George Lucas money. I don't think I don't know if he's up at that level. Uh, he's I think in around the six billion to eight billion range. Uh, no, I would say Bruce Wayne better have more than that. And quite frankly, for you know, how could he have gotten that much? It just seems like a lot. It does seem you know? like a lot, especially when his parents were just like. It seems like they were billionaires that had like a couple companies and they were running the well, city. Well, so they, like they couldn't have been. They? Yeah, they couldn't have been billionaires. I don't think that this country had its first billionaire until after the Waynes would have died. Okay. He, he would have had to have turned that fortune into a billion and then beyond that. And I mean, with what education and training? He was a kid. Yeah. Who, who taught him everything? Just Alfred? I mean, come on. If Alfred was that smart, why isn't he a billionaire? Well, maybe he just likes hanging out and taking care of billionaires. Have you seen the show Gotham, uh, the TV series? I, I, I saw it at the very beginning, but I didn't stick with it. I got to get back to it. We I, I'm, I'm the same as you. I watched it in the beginning, stopped, and then this past year, actually, we watched it, and it, it's great. I mean, it's, it's, a lot you know, of, it's a lot of episodes. Very quick thing I have to insert, because just in case anybody who, who listens to this whole thing, I promised you that quick story about my son Brody and Batman Returns. Yes. And as you know, you know uh, the character, uh, the Penguin's character name it was Oswald Cobblepot. So uh, my son was maybe six years old and uh, my, my wife picks him up at school and she says, oh, you know, you should really become friends with that new boy that just moved to town and joined your, your class. And, and she said, what's his name again? And he said, his name is Oswald, which it was. And, uh, and she said, really, that's an unusual name. What's his last name? And, and my son said, Cobblepot. And we all call him the Penguin. And my wife had no idea what he was talking about. And he wasn't even trying to be funny. He just, you know, little kids don't remember anybody's name. And it was so ingrained in his head that Cobblepot was Oswald's lesson. She said, Cobblepot? Well, that's a strange last name. He goes, yeah, that's why we all call him the Penguin. She doesn't know these movies. She had no idea. She tells me the story afterward. And I said, what did he say his name was? She said something like Oswald Cobblepot. I'm like, that's the Penguin. She goes, that's, that's why he said they called him the Penguin. I'm like, I don't think he got the kid's name right. Huh? Yeah, it and sounds I, like know, so I, I don't think we don't know. think this kid's name is actually Oswald Cobblepot, right? No, no, he def definitely. Let me say this. It's definitely not. I hope I was going to say, I hope you meet this kid. And he not only he looks just like Danny DeVito from the movie. That would be great. Well, his but his first name really was Oswald. That is great. Know? That's fantastic. And it sounds like you're starting these uh, <laughs> kids off right, knowing who Batman yeah, is no, that no. young. You, you got to train them right from when they're young. You know, I'm actually, I've said it on here, so I think I have to stick to it at this point, but I believe I'm dressing up as Oswald Cobblepot for our, our Christmas special. 
Well, I think that would be, that's, first of all, it's a great costume. It's by far the scariest penguin Ooh. that I think has ever been depicted. I, I think Dana DeVito uh, doesn't get enough credit uh, as an actor in general, really has had a brilliant career. Uh, so many parts he was able to find for himself despite his, his you know, out of the ordinary appearance. And, and I thought his performance as the Penguin is, uh, I mean, he really made that part his own. Doesn't get nearly enough credit. Everybody always goes gaga over whoever plays Joker, but um, his Penguin's a great Penguin. I agree. We, and we agree too. We were saying, I don't know if you're a, a always sunny in Philadelphia fan, but we were saying that he, oh, was, sure. he was training for Frank Reynolds whenever he was like eating that fish as the penguin, you know, no, 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 no. Yeah. But I mean, think about it when he, when he goes into the water at the end there, it's, it's emotional. I mean, that's a sad moment. You feel a lot of sympathy for him. And that's the, the only time I could think of where you really had much sympathy for any of the Batman villains until the movie Joker, which is, you know, we, it's, it's probably a separate discussion for a separate day. Obviously, that turns the whole thing on its ear and you have a lot of sympathy for him. But uh, until that moment, I think that moment of, of Penguin uh, dying uh, is, is, is that moment. I agree. And it sounds like we're just going to have to have you back on the show, you know, God willing. Oh, yeah. I mean, anytime. What, I got nothing else going on. Perfect, because we love we flush this stuff out. We talk about our favorite Jokers. We talk, and Batman is definitely one of our top heroes. We talk about it all the time. So with that, let's get back to Ed versus the Dark Knight. Only a couple minutes left here, and definitely some more I want to highlight. No knock on that. Ninja training is not police training. You see, and, and a couple of words that do not come up: due process. They have the right right to remain silent. Yeah, they don't have to talk. They don't have to say anything that's going to incriminate themselves. Right? They're a right to an attorney. What, what does Batman do when he decides to uh, get information out of Moroni? He holds them over the side of a building, and yeah, folks, he drops it. For the rest of the movie, every time Moroni was on with that cane, I felt bad for the guy. Batman breaks laws left and right just to satisfy his own purpose, but the big one, the surveillance. He basically takes away every citizen's privacy in Gotham just so he can try to catch one guy. And Lucius Fox calls him on it, right? And Batman thinks he's this gentleman who said, we're gonna use it one time and then we're gonna destroy the technology. But there is your legal slippery slope because one time is all it takes because then the next time it'll be some other criminal or some other terrorist or some other villain. This is the ultimate betrayal. Batman, again, I love you, but that is illegal surveillance, that is invasion of privacy, and that's everybody's privacy to catch one guy all right yeah we're definitely we're definitely gonna pause there because that is something that i actually have thought about pretty hard and we another you know we've watched a lot of stuff and rewatched a ton this year the dark knight trilogy is definitely on up there and carrie and my fiance uh carrie my fiance her and i agreed on exactly what you're saying when this part came up we both kind of were going "Ooh, oh my that's not good yeah, well, that was, but that, they knew that. I mean, that was sort of what Christopher Nolan was going for there because that's what we were confronting. This was a very big theme after 9-11 and, you know, figuring out where are we going to draw the, the lines now about how much of our personal freedom will we give up in the name of safety? And that was sort of the ultimate victory for the terrorists, right? I mean, we, we know that they killed a lot of people and, and that was, you know, a horrible thing. But their long-term victory was how much they were able to chip away at, you know, things that we were able to do before. Things as simple as taking somebody all the way to the gate at the airport, which you were no longer allowed to do after 9-11. You had to be a ticketed passenger 
or taking your shoes off for not taking your shoes off. And, you know, those are the, the littlest, tiniest examples. And then it goes all the way to the extreme of how much privacy is now going to be compromised because they could. They, if they wanted to find every, every terrorist plot, they could, they could have listeners screening every phone conversation and every language that goes on. They have the technology to do it. I mean, heck, you know, my Alexa, if I say the word Alexa, she says, yeah, what do you want? You know, I mean, they're listening to everything. They can make anything they want a trigger word. So, you know, I think Christopher Nolan was really right on right on the cutting edge of that. That was and continues to be uh, a big theme in, in you know, our, our culture and society is, is where we're comfortable drawing that line. Yeah. And especially so, with the, the, you know, and, and like you said, the timing of this movie. I don't have the year in front of me when this came out, but like it was, it was oh nine, I think. Yeah, yeah. So you're talking about exactly like he's riding oh, the wave of that like that mentality because that was like this this new concept. The internet was only so many you know years old even, and like what it, like what the digital landscape could provide for like a surveillance group hadn't really ever been put on screen in a way that was like going to resonate with like Batman fans. You know, this was this right. was something and and, and you know what they are using it. Look, your location is is tracked through your cell phone. You can turn certain things off, but there's other things that are, you know, you'd have to turn a lot off for them not to know. And look, in most instances, it's used for good, uh, you know, locating uh, people's last known whereabouts and finding missing people and finding kids and you knowing where your kids are. I mean, most of the uses are good, but it's like anything else, uh, any power that we have, if you put it in the wrong hands of a person that doesn't have rules who doesn't have a border a boundary that's and that's and that's why the joker character in this is the perfect villain for these themes because ultimately the joker arguably wins in this because he does cause batman to compromise on his own rules and and for him that was the victory mm -hmm. that's what he was trying to do is i am going to get you to break out of what you know is right and see if you're willing to do it for the greater good and, and prove to you that you that your line is movable depending on the situation and you're no better than I am. And and by getting him to do that, that that sort of was the bold move. Yeah, I totally agree. And I you know, I, there's so many different ways to think about the the two oppositions of the movie. And you talk about the last parts, too, about the, the, the fairies. Right. And the, it comes down right. to, you know, these two individuals that are going head to head. But it's all these people and their choices, too, that are hanging in the balance. That's one of my favorite. I think one of the best things about this film. And again, like you said, one maybe the best villain, not just the best Joker, but just such a good right. villain to put the, the power and the decision in the hands of the people that he's in, in fact threatening. Well, and if you think about it, what, what and it's a brilliant script. That's, it truly is the best of all the superhero ones because it's also he, he introduces the character of Two-Face. And in doing it, He's he's showing you that everybody has a breaking point. Everybody is capable of being very good or being very bad. And so when he goes on the ferry and you get, you know, they're playing on where they think your mind is going to go. Well, I mean, this ferry full of convicts, obviously, you know, they're comfortable breaking the law. They're in prison. They'll have no problem detonating the other boat. And then, of course, they don't. You have the other boat of law abiding citizens who are very quick. To, you know, not all of them, but some of them to be like, look, they had their chance at society. They blew it. We, you know, we, we've done nothing wrong. Do it. And he just proves the point once again. It's the two-faced point that everybody, depending on their situation, until you're tested, 
you don't know which side of you is going to be the one that comes out. Is it going to be the good side? Is it going to be the evil side? And that just becomes a theme all throughout. And of course, you know, when you have that big convict throw, throw the detonator in the water, uh, that, that is a two-faced moment because that's the reminder that even in a guy as scary looking as he was with the orange jumpsuit, he's got goodness too. Well, and also, so it really they, works on so many levels. And the good guy, I mean, it showed that good also conquered in that particular moment too, because they both, the time comes and nobody kills anybody. Yeah. 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 It, you know, it, it's, it does show you that ultimately, uh, you know, that was the, the message. That was the point that Batman was able to right, prove that, right. that not everybody will turn over to evil at the drop of a hat just because their own life is threatened. It's not that easy um, to take another life. And so, uh, yeah, that is that's Batman. Look, there, it, nobody comes out of this a clean winner or a clean loser. That is Batman's victory. The fact that neither fairy explodes, uh, you know, because of of the goodness within people. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, the Joker's victory is is Batman's use of the surveillance to get Batman to cross an ethical line. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, I definitely want to play out the rest of this video for you real quick. Just want to do a quick gut check with you, Ed. Are we good on time? We've already gone way over what my original time. Yeah. Is. That's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm fine. You good? All right, let's finish this up, and then we'll wrap up with a few questions uh, for Ed before we wrap up today's Logan's Heroes. So let's take a quick review of Batman's rap sheet. Drives an illegal vehicle, property damage, both nationally and internationally, massive amounts of assault, more property damage, illegal surveillance, invasion of privacy, and to top all that, punches a dog. <laughs> Twice. And he does toss one off the side of the building. <laughs> So what does Batman actually accomplish? Not very much. Batman, I'm all for vigilante justice when you're actually saving lives. But you don't really save any lives in this movie. But yeah, that's not true. He saves Harvey Dent, who, by the way, becomes the villain of the final act of the film. So good call on that, Batman. <laughs> and he saves that little weasel who was going to reveal his identity on television by slamming his Lamborghini into some guy's truck. I mean, the, the, the big climax of the movie are the two fairies, and it's really just the goodness in people that prevents them from doing it. I mean, if there's any hero in the movie, it was that, that big convict who took the detonator away and threw it off into the water. I contend this. Batman did nothing. He technically catches the Joker, but bear in mind, there are 50 SWAT guys right there in that same building with the Joker. I think they would have caught him without Batman. So technically, Batman like, does find the Joker, which the SWAT team probably does. Yeah, he finds him using a massive amount of illegal su surveillance. I mean, he finds him breaking every freedom that we hold dear <laughs> for one guy. Notice I'm wearing my old birds, no socks. I, I know what you're gonna what you're gonna say. <laughs> what was that? Notice I was wearing my old birds there with no socks, <laughs> even with the suit on. And and this is this is. A this is your first one, right? That was the first one. We actually filmed that in the morning. And then that same afternoon, I filmed Ed versus Serial. So uh, we always film them in pairs. One time we shot three in a day. That was too much. Now we, we do them in pairs, except for favorite things, which took the whole day on its own because of all the costume changes and set changes. But yeah, yeah. In fact, Airplanes was shot the same day that Naps was shot, Oh my! God. which was kind of cool because... Because of when they got released, Airplanes won an Emmy in 19, and then Naps was nominated for one in 20, but got beat. But 
I was like, how cool is that, that we shot two things totally unrelated in one day that both wound up getting recognized at the Emmys was kind of cool. Unbelievable. And I think that's a great place for us to start uh, to stop. And I wanted to say, um, you know, thanks again for being on today. Ed. These videos have been so great. Who would have known that you with this first video and the amount of content and just feel good energy you would bring to the Internet. So with that, I kind of want to ask two last questions before we let you go today. First of all, what are you doing for Christmas? Uh, you know, I mean, I, we're just staying here. Uh, we, we, we've been following We're unlike Batman and Joker, I'm a notorious rule follower. Uh, so, you know, I, I, tr I, I really haven't been doing very much. I have got a phenomenal basement. So this is where I spend most of my time. Uh, but luckily both of my kids now are of an age where we do not have to hide the presence and, and do all of that. So, uh, I think that'll be much easier. Uh, this is our first year of getting to do that because my my daughter crossed over only to inform us that she's been well aware for a couple of years, uh, but but thought she was ruining the fun for us and didn't want to ruin the fun for us. I'm like, are you kidding? You think I want to be up at one in the morning assembling shit? <laughs> um, but uh, so but anyway, uh, we're, we're just going to we're just going to be in town uh, enjoying it here. Yeah, um, no, we, I hear you, you know. there. We're, we're, we're we've been big rule followers this year, too. It's just trying to do what you're supposed to do and and hope that the horizon is coming here shortly and you know it seems just, to be it seems i to saw be. on cnn today they were already injecting a bunch of people with the vaccine so they actually, we, they we just need to hold out a little bit longer they arrived in st louis today too and um, we're one of the first yeah. uh, cities i'll get to give it to our healthcare professionals so we're grateful for that it seems well like we've got pfizer right here in chesterfield so that's right i think we had it we had an in well and this is a great uh this is a great segue to my last question for you today get a little philosophical for you we're always looking to dig just a little bit deeper on this show you seem like a really happy successful dude you smile a lot you laugh a lot and you talk about fun things and it seems like you're genuinely just having a good time in life i would ask you what would you and what advice would you give to just to the folks out there maybe somebody that's had an extra hard year somebody that's having a maybe just a, a bad spell over the last few weeks or few months well, what's, what's your philosophy? What do you, what do you, what's, what keeps you up in the morning and what keeps you smiling? Well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll give you a real answer. Um, because I think that people have to realize that they are the lead in their life and, and everybody around them is a supporting character in their life. And that's not to say that they should be selfish or self-centered, but a lot of people spend their life, um, just as a supporting character in other people's lives. And I think that uh, that leads to a certain amount of, of a built up resentment. It leads to a lot of people feeling lost. It leads to a lot of people feeling unsatisfied and looking back on their choices and wondering how they got to where they are now. And I think it's never too late. I think you gotta get to a certain point where you really figure out what do I enjoy doing? How do I wanna spend my time? Who do I wanna be around? Who are the people that, that add to my life? What are the activities that, that give me energy? Where can I find my passion? And whatever those things are, make time for it. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to give up your job or whatever, because you, know, you don't need every moment of your day to be an expression of your passion and, and vitality, but you need to have some of that on a frequent basis to keep you going. So I, I just tell people, don't feel limited by uh, what you've been taught your whole life about who you're supposed to be, um, about uh, 
you know, the things you're allowed to have and the things you're not allowed to have, because we do that as a society. You know, we, 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 we message it from the time people are very young. Uh, you know, if you were given these gifts, these things are available to you. And if you weren't, you have to be satisfied with these other things. And all I would tell people is just, you know, let go of all of that um, and uh, find, you know, just just make your own path that way. I, it's been a journey. It's not like I've been like this forever. Uh, I, I work with a personal coach. I've been working with him three years and it's gotten me to a place where I'm legitimately, you know, uh, you know, I have passion in my life. And once you have passion in your life, it's hard not to be happy. Well, that is super inspirational. Um, I can just say personally speaking, that's super inspirational. Um, that's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely what's led me down this weir weird path of wherever this is going to go, because, you know, I want everybody's going to learn a lesson or two in 2020, I think. Whether and you want to or not. Whether you want to or yeah. not. And for me, my big lesson was nothing is exactly what you thought it was supposed to be. And things that you've put on pedestals in terms of like what people can accomplish and what you can and can't do has been shown to you this whole time. But guess what? Like in my mind, the Wizard of Oz has been like the curtain's been drawn back. And you can right. see that even some of the most essential government entities, the way they function day to day is a bit of a mess. And if, oh, for if sure. that's a mess, you know, and, and not, I'm not dogging. This isn't about dogging no. people up top. This is about seeing, oh, the world is kind of a lot more what I can make out of it more than I thought. And right. And I, I think it, I think it teaches you the lesson that you never know what curveball is going to be thrown your way and you can't prepare for everything that happens. So, uh, you know, worrying about things every day is probably not fruitful and also appreciating how adaptability is so often the key to getting through life because you know, some people were able to adapt very quickly to the new world we lived in this year. Others had a harder time adapting. And, and yet, at the end of the day, we're all going to get through it. So we should all draw a lot of self-esteem and confidence from it because we may never get something like this the rest of our life to ever challenge us like this. And we'll be on some level proud of the fact that we were here when it happened. Uh, the same way that other generations are are proud of the things that they endured, um, even the tragic things. You have a grandparent that lived through the depression. They love to talk about it, and uh, you know this will be our thing. Hopefully, I don't want anything else. Yeah, no. Uh, well said. Inspiring words from Ed Herman. Ed, thank you again for joining us today. Why don't you just tell Absolutely. us one last time where people can find you, and I hope that you come back and see us too. Yeah, you can just go to Get BCTV. Dot com, And uh, all of the episodes we talked about are on the series called Adverses. And there's also three lawyers eating sandwiches. We also have This Week with Tammy, which Tammy Holland hosts a weekly show for us. And she's a delight. And, uh, and you can watch those animated shows as well. So get bctv.com. Did you have fun today? I had a great time. I did too. I think that uh, we just scratched the surface. Like, I mean, we talked about Batman for you know forty-five minutes. I feel like we've we've got a plenty in common, and we'd love to have you back on the show. Anytime, anytime. I love this stuff. Well, don't hang up. Stick, stay right there because we'll get that. Uh, we'll get the wrap up after the show. But for the you, you listening, this has been Logan Tiros, and check us out at mostlysuperheroes.com. We'll see you next time.
Well, that was our interview with Ed Herman. I hope that you enjoyed it and go check him out at getbctv.com. Plenty of good content there for you. What to watch for on Mostly Superheroes. We have another Logan's Heroes coming up. I'll let you see it when it gets here. And we also have the Batman Returns Christmas special. It'll be coming at you within the next week or so uh, before Christmas is our goal. Uh, lots to see, lots to do at MostlySuperheroes.com and follow us on all those social media channels. Most of all, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us where you get your podcasts. That's really the main way we uh, talk to you guys. Hope you're doing well out there. I know there's a lot happening in the world. We're here and we're sticking around and there's a lot more coming from us. We'll see you next time on Mostly Superheroes.